Forgotten Liam versus Evil. Your dog shagged my cat. Your dog shagged my cat. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> I voiced it about the fucking ten times. <laughs> For anybody that hasn't seen it, it's, uh, there's this clip that went round about uh, this week from a TV show called Judge Render. And if you're not from the UK, or if you're from America, I don't know anywhere else in the world, is it? It's, it's pretty much like Judge Judy. Um, and these Scottish people were on it, and I, don't, I didn't even watch the full episode, so I don't really know what they were asking for, basically. But this couple came on to say that this woman's dog had tried to hump the cat. It's just hilarious because the woman with the dog just does not think it's a serious situation at all. She's like, she's, what do you want from it? An apology? A heartfelt apology? So the woman goes, I'm sorry. I'm really, really sorry. I just didn't think it was... The guy's like, why are you laughing? This is not a funny situation. I didn't know. I was like, I don't have my cat anymore. It's an antidepressant. Oh, man, it's so good. Judge Rinder's like And And what did she say to you at this moment? She's like, my dog shagged. Your dog shagged my cat. Your dog shagged my cat. <laughs> oh, that's I knew, so good. I, I knew he had a thing for legs, but cats. <laughs> and then, did you see the bit at the end where it was like the wee interview mm-hmm. after it, after the case is settled? Yeah. And she says, "She should have called the cat pussy galore." <laughs> <laughs> Comedy genius. Yeah, Goldman. Uh, welcome to Scott and Liam versus Evil, episode one hundred and seventeen. I'm Liam, and I am Scott. And this is your pick, so do you want to introduce it? Yeah, yeah. This movie came out, I don't know when, about 10 years ago, maybe? I don't know, I forget to look at dates. Um, 2014. 2014, and it's directed by, um, I don't know. John, John Eric Dowdle. Dowdle, oh yeah, that's right, so it is. Um, And it's set in. A city that stole my heart last year. It is, um, but I completely forgot these uh, these tunnels were there. I could have went and seen them. It is the claustrophobic, terrifying, as above, so below. You didn't introduce the city. That you, should, you said it's set in the city. Oh, which I, uh, stole my heart. Do you know what? Don't ever let me introduce the movies again. I'm rubbish. <laughs> I actually think this is a new thing. You're introducing everything, and you're not allowed to go on IMDb. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't keen in Paris. No? No. I ate some bad, I don't know if it was octopus or squid. Oh, I suppose that's the exact same thing. It was some sort of seafood dish. And then we went to the Ivo Tower to be romantic underneath it with a bottle of champagne. And I nearly shat myself. I sharted <laughs> and we had to get in a taxi and I had to go home. <laughs> I seriously shame. wasn't well. Right under the Ivo Tower. So <laughs> it, it's just, it's blackened it for me. Or browned it for you. <laughs> hey. Hey, so as above so below uh, how come you picked this uh, just a Netflix Netflix scroll more or less and I, it was I, a third, it was a third movie in the horror list in Netflix you didn't, bother, <laughs> you didn't actually bother searching you actually took three seconds and went right that one <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, you know what you just, sometimes you just need to be impulsive <laughs> How many times have you seen it? Is it this is only like, twice. I've seen it once when it came out. No, not in the cinema. I've seen it. Or did I see it in the cinema? Fuck, I don't know. I know that I bought it on DVD and then my sister Dawn, she stole it. And she still has it to this day. Um, so I've only seen it oh, once, maybe twice, before 
to watch for this episode. That sounds like a plea to Dawn to give you back. Oh, I give Dawn, give me all my DVDs back. She's got hundreds of them. I know, she's always trying to give them away in the uh, Facebook group. I know. <laughs> uh, right, so as above, so below. Uh, I've only seen this, apart from watching it now for this episode, I'd only seen it once as well. Got it on Blu-ray. I've not watched it since this episode. So let's get into it. Yeah. My name is Scarlett Marlowe and I'm a student in urban archaeology. 370 feet beneath this point is a hidden chamber that might contain a critical missing piece of our history. How are we supposed to get down there? Catacombs. There are 200 miles of tunnels right underneath our feet. They're holding the remains of six million corpses. Stop. This is the empire of the dead. These are human bones. We go through here. Let's do it. I think I'm stuck. Just breathe with me, please. It's okay. What was that? I think I am. What the hell do we do now, huh? We can't go back. We should just keep moving. Tell me we didn't just go in a circle. It's exactly the same. No, everything's upside down. What happened to the entrance? Wait, there's something here. Oh my god. What the hell is this? When I was a kid, we had a piano that looked exactly like this. I used to play it all the time. The A4 key was messed up. What's going on? Can you read that? According to mythology, that's the inscription over the gates of hell. And they should be made to crawl on their bellies to enter the kingdom of darkness. Did you hear that? Right, so it's a claustrophobic and terrifying concept, this thing getting stuck underground. It's like the descent, it's the reason why the descent is fucking terrifying. See, even if you took the, the the monsters out of the descent, that would still be terrifying if they just got lost under there. Yeah. You know? So it's the same it's the same concept. People don't like being stuck where they can't get out. I feel fucking claustrophobic when Lena starts tickling me. <laughs> I start is, freaking out. <laughs> is, this, is that claustrophobic or just panic of not like? I know it's cla- well both. It's claustrophobic because I feel like I'm getting choked and I can't breathe and I need to escape. <laughs> and also, I don't like being fucking tickled. <laughs> not a lot of people do. Like proper tickles at the base of your feet and under your arms. Not a lot of people do. My cousin just to, my cousin just to hold me, hold me down and tickle me. And I nearly piss myself. <laughs> <laughs> Such a weird form of bullying. <laughs> uh, nah, I just I fucking hate it. The bit, the bottom of my feet, I don't think I would care about, but it's like touching my belly. 
or my neck. My head, I fucking hate my neck. I'm actually get, getting shivers thinking about somebody touching my neck. And if you see me at Fright Fest, don't think it's funny to touch me <laughs> in my neck or punch you in the dick. <laughs> uh, we forgot to do the synopsis. Oh yeah, right. Bye. So I'll just do, do it now, because yeah. it's a shambles anyway. Yeah. When a team of explorers ventures into the catacombs that lie beneath the streets of Paris, they uncover the dark secret that lies within this city of the dead. Uh, actually, do you know what? That is a way better introduction than the one you managed. <laughs> <laughs> do I do some of the cast? Uh, I, if you want, uh, two settings. No, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, <laughs> no. Do you want to mention anyone in particular? Um. No, I, I've got some stories about them as as we go through. I'll just I'll just do it then. Right. Okay. Right. Um. <laughs> so it starts off. You've got your main character, okay, and she's um over in some kind of Middle Eastern country to begin with, because she's like investigating. She's like an Indiana Jones slash Lara Croft type. And uh, she's like, uh, one of the things she says, I'm aware, she's down in some tunnels, again, this guy's trying to show her about. She's like, I'm aware the punishment is buried to the neck in sand and having a brick wall pushed on you. I was like, nothing can be that good that I would risk that punishment. Like, honestly, <laughs> especially not running about in fucking caves. <laughs> just, they get down at these, this cave, and the guy that's like leaning about saying, we, we need to hurry up, they're going to blow their caves up. And you can hear all the bottom, the silence is gone, she's still going to run in deeper. I'm like, oh, oh, Really? <laughs> oh, and she runs in, right? And she finds a big bronze bull. I'm like, you think that was worth it? I'd leave her down there, man. I'd be like, fuck this, Lara Croft, you're on your own hand. That's exactly what I'd put. Is like, who does this last? I think she is fucking Lara Croft. <laughs> it's because they can the English accent and the, the, the need to find archaeological finds on the basis of her dad being an archaeologist that's gave her the, 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 uh, the, the, the want. Yeah, the, the ham fisted Indiana Jones dialogue. Because yeah. when I first watched this, I remember thinking, this is going to be shit. Based on this opening scene, like, this is just fucking nonsense. Yeah. And I wasn't ready to enjoy the movie at all. Is it Was this on, on that watch there, or is this... No, no, on the, the very, very first watch. watch. On the second watch, I, I remembered thinking that, and yeah. also got angry going, <laughs> yeah. was this shit? Do I remember this being shit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she she sees the bull, she takes some notes or something off it, and then she runs out because the place has got to blow up. And then she runs into this fucking big pervert cunt hanging himself in a big flasher jacket. <laughs> we find out who he is later on. Uh, and then she's talking to the camera, and I'm like, I'm like, fuck off! Is she a professor? She's like 25 years old. I know. How have they just landed this uncharted lifestyle that they've they've lived yeah. at 25? <laughs> yeah. What were you doing at 25? I wasn't in a fucking cave in Mexico. Finding secret treasure that had never been discovered for fucking 5,000 years. Do you think there's actually people in real life that do that? I bet you being an archaeologist is born as shit. Because I bet there's so much legal red tape you need to go through. And I get it, she's like ditching the red tape to try and like illegally go and get this stuff. But surely it's not as easy as like this makes it. I mean, it doesn't make it easy. It makes it almost nigh on superhero effort that she puts well, in in this if movie. You if you imagine what she would actually get charged by the government, they, they, those two guys got arrested a few weeks ago or months ago because they found treasure with their metal detectors and then sold it and didn't tell like, the treasure trove museum folk. And they got arrested uh, for that. And they get arrested and they, they get jailed for something like fucking four years. Really? Yeah. Don't tell you this stuff before you just exist in the world. You've got to claim it. Like, so if you find treasure, you've got to send it to them and then they'll tell you how much they're going to give you for it. Even no matter how much you could sell it to someone else. So the the old uh, finders keepers losers weepers isn't an actual law then. Nah. Oh. We should bring it back though. We should make yeah. it a fucking law. I think so. 
Uh, so she starts talking about. I think she's she's finished in this um, Middle Eastern thing, and then she's talking about something else. She's talking about the Philosopher's Stone. And I'm like Harry Potter. Is that so? Yeah. That stone's based in truth. And I was like, so she explains what it is, and I'm saying there is no way if there was some way to turn metal into gold that we as humans would have just forgotten <laughs> about it somewhere along the line and buried it. There's no fucking way in hell if if there was a, a combination of like fucking like alchemy or like a stone that's been put together with different elements that can rub on a silver or lead or fucking copper and turn it into gold that we would have just stuck it in a wall and buried it under the ground of Paris. No fucking chance. <laughs> we would all be dripping in gold and it would be worth fuck all because it would be Everton. So you don't believe this bit of the story then, Scott? No, no. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Only this part. <laughs> yeah. uh, she also, this is uh, where she mentions that her father killed himself and that you kind of work it out that she visioned her father in the first cave. But then I had to ask, was it on the camera? Because we were watching it from a first-person camera, like filming her like a documentary, or was it from her eyes? So you're not entirely sure at this point. Which, does it kind of splits up the story a wee bit. In terms yeah, yeah. of, like, what's why the Paris ones happen the way they do. Is this just, like, everyone you get into that happens? Is every every, every cave haunted? Every cave probably is haunted, if you think yeah, about it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> right. Jagged cup of your coffee there. That was a cup of coffee, yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so we get her doing this wee uh, intros and we get to learn that she's doing a documentary and the guy, uh, is it Benji? Did I make that up? Is that his name? Yeah, Paul, I can't, I, uh, literally, oh yeah, it's Benji. Yeah. I wish so, I wish I'd uh, I, I wish I'd IMDb open there so I could have read that and pretended that I knew <laughs> any of their names. Um, I still don't know any yeah. of their names. So the guy who is uh, filming this whole thing is called Benji and he uh, has been hired by Lara Croft to be to film her as a documentary, I, think, I guess, to document all this illegal stuff she's doing so that at the end date when she finds the Philosopher's Stone she can be arrested and put in jail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, makes sense. So they've went uh, to Paris because after what she's found on the wee bull statue it leads her to Paris. And I love these wee European streets that she's walking about. Fuck everybody that voted for Brexit. I hate being British. That's a, a, a fair statement. Yeah. I'm alright with that. Uh, so... To begin with, right, she goes and meets her pal George, right? Um, no, if I, if, I, if I jumped over what he's doing, he he is he's inside. I'm sure, is it Notre Dame before it fit fire? He's inside some kind of old building. Anyway, he's broke into some building. He's illegal as well. He's broken into this building, and what he likes to do, right, <laughs> in a spare time, right, <laughs> is break into old buildings like old clocks, climb up inside them, and fix them secretly, <laughs> and then go away. Do you know what I mean? Nonsense. Like, absolutely nonsense. It's like the old tale of the, uh, is it like the elves and the shoemaker? And the elves come in at night and make the shoemaker's shoes for him. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what this is like, where he just goes in, fixes your clock, and then just skips away into the darkness, yeah. cackling, <laughs> knowing that he's fixed your clock for free, used all his time and effort. How does he eat? How does he heat his house? He comes out with this clock, right? This clock is absolutely massive. It's like Big Ben. And he comes out, they go outside after they've talked upside and said, You literally just said you thought they were in Notre Dame. Where is the big I, clock I, in I, Notre Dame? No, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. He's in some kind of big clock, so I'm describing it. It is like Big Ben. It's got a big bell in it. And uh, we'll go back to the discussions stuff, but they, they come out it and they stand outside and then they go, they run outside and it goes, Bing, Bing. And he goes, that bell has not rung for 500 years. I'm like, how the fuck did you... Well, he's obviously French, but that does... Uh, he's sounding at least... I apologise for that. Um, he, the, how, how the fuck can you fix 
a bell, right? A clock, a quick fucking clock like that, with just a wee waste tool bag, like a couple of screwdrivers and a wee hammer. You would need, there was no way, the only reason they would not fix that clock is if it's going to cost you like a billion euros and they need to put a whole bunch of scaffolding up around it. The way they're currently actually doing with Big Ben, there's no way he could do it with a wee waste tool kit and jump in, <laughs> turn a few screws and then this big old clock starts working again. Nonsense. Um, so anyway I can tell us that uh, as above so below script definitely hasn't won you over with believability <laughs> just in the beginning um, to be, right, so she goes in and she goes, goes to see George right because George is really good at translating old old languages and old hieroglyphics and whatnot. Um so um, he's like telling her no get to fuck I'm not interested I'm not interested at all and I'm like to begin with George is the smartest guy in this movie be telling her to beat it until he gets sucked in by those big browns, man. <laughs> big baby browns. The big baby browns. <laughs> See, when they, like, they're translating hieroglyphics, this is a, a, a foible that I fucking hate in most movies, especially this. See if it's a poem that's written in some ancient language. How come when they translate it to English it still rhymes perfectly? <laughs> like, that is nonsense. We did Latin. We did Latin. At, we did Latin at school, and none of it made sense. None of it, it was like big, giant, daft words. You, you wouldn't ever be able to do a, a poem, but yet when you translate it in English, they are the fucking Eminem. They're rhyming perfectly. <laughs> I've never ever never thought about it before. It's nonsense. It annoys me. Stop doing it. <laughs> translate the thing as it actually would be, and if it's made up, then just don't make it rhyme. It's, it's just silly. <laughs> fair enough fair enough <laughs> so after uh, she manages to um, convince George to come and translate for her and they go to some old kind of graveyard or a museum and there's this tablet up on the wall and I think he's managed to get in no I think it's still I think it's still legally open in times but it's empty and they go in no tell I he knows somebody on the knows the museum so they get in when it's out of hours so it's empty right but there's obviously still not allowed to be footing about with the, the exhibits she pulls the tablet off the wall and they're like oh, 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 don't touch it don't touch it and then she turns over the back she reads a wee poem turns it over and then puts some like chemicals on the back of it and sets it in fire she has got absolutely no respect for fucking anything even if she's correct because she was correct right some kind of dust like went fire and left a, a wee message on the back of the tablet but she did not know that was going to work she just thought it was going to work no respect uh- the, remember the guy that uh, attacked the Dali in Glasgow? No. Years and years ago, the what was the big Dali painting? The oh, the big Christ the Redeemer. The cross, yeah, yeah. that's the one. <coughs> uh, and the guy ran at it with a knife. Do you think he was running it because he was like, if I cut that with a knife, some message is going to appear? And he ran and he cut it, and then fuck all happened apart from he got arrested. <laughs> did, he, did he actually cut it? Yeah, he fucking slit it. Uh, a Stanley blade. There's no, like, it's not like the Mona Lisa where you need to get past guards. Like, you can literally just stand in a room yourself and touch yeah. that painting. Not so much now, because obviously that happened, so they maybe put a wee barrier to stop folk. Aye, it's like, like, a, aye, like a wee red Stanley thing. in it. Yeah. So, maybe he, that guy was doing that to uh, unveil some hidden message and then realised that, fuck, I am well off. There was no message there. I just cut that painting. I feel like a right dick now. Who are we to say that guy's in the wrong if he thought he was Lara Croft, like this girl? Yeah, I suppose he would need to show he's working to get away with it. And why, why he thought if he cut it with a blade, a message would appear? Yeah. Quite an easy thing to actually just do up afterwards in a couple of post-it notes. <laughs> yeah, some red, some red dead, some red rope attaching all your post-it notes together <laughs> on the wall. 
and it all points to just cutting. So is it St. John the Redeemer? No, it's Christ is the it Redeemer. Called, is it called Christ the Redeemer? Yeah. I was sure the painting had a different name. No. Well, that's a great, di- that's a great disagree with that one. It's right, okay, and then we'll then I'll prove after this is finished. I'll prove that I am correct. Um, yeah, that's fine. But so she then says like she just reads this wee message in the back of the tablet that pretty much says it's underground. Like whatever they're looking for is is underground. And then she's like, right, we need to go and we need to go under and, and get it. And George's like, I don't go underground. I'm like, once again, <laughs> George being sensible with his words, but following. <laughs> um. I'm like, I can't believe when I was in Paris last year, I totally forgot the catacombs existed. I totally went and seen them. Although, because it was really sunny, uh, we probably wouldn't have went because Lauren likes to be outside when it's sunny. So we didn't go to the Louvre or anything. We just made we went all activities about outside so we could stand in the sun. You could literally just stand in the sun in your back garden then. Why, why travel to a city just stand in the sun? It's not the same sun, it's a different sun. <laughs> it's, definitely, it's definitely the same sun. <laughs> Scientifically, it is the same sun. Well, you're closer to it when you're in Paris. <laughs> Scientifically, yeah. <laughs> if the world is a globe, if it's flat Earth, then I don't really know how it works. What are your stances on that now? Have you, uh, are no, you still a flat Earth? It's one hundred percent a globe. It's it, I never was a full flat Earth. I just enjoyed the group because the people in it are a fucking nonsense. They're mental. They're fucking bonkers. They're stupid as fuck, or they're completely deluded, and it's hilarious to watch them. Are you still in the group? Uh I don't know if I am still in the group. I've not seen anything, so either they've quieted down or I've been chucked at it. I'm not sure. I'm still in the UFO group, but that's a pain in the ass because people just post like scenes from like actual movies or like obvious CGI, like bad bad Photoshop movies, like people have done in their own houses, and you're like, why are you posting me this? This is garbage, <laughs> idiots. <laughs> or uh, is the idiot the one who's still sitting in the group reading it all? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> right. So they go on a guided tour down in the catacombs. And they're like having to follow the tour, and they're like they try to go down a wee thing, and the woman's like, "Oh, you can't go down that. That's that's off limits. That one you need to follow us." And uh, there's this weird, creepy Paris hipster hanging around down there who says to them, "Go and get a. Uh, I forget the guy's name. Do you do you know the guy's name? That's the underground uh, tour guide. Papillon. Papillon. Uh, they they go and get. Oh, that's it because he keeps tagging Pap. So they go and get. They yeah. say go and get Pap. You'll find him here, and then he'll show you he knows everything about it. So. Uh, they're like, right, fair enough. Good. This is a, this is another thing. That's only that's a chance meeting, right? That's not her investigated any archaeological stuff. That just happens to be that that weirdo was hanging about down in the catacombs, listening to their conversation. That's the only reason that happened to advance the plot. There is no, like, at any other time, if they went for the earlier tour or if they went the next day, that movie ends there. Boom, stop. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so they go to the nightclub that Papillon's supposed to be at, and there's this weird, creepy bird in a white dress that can bolt on out the, f- the front door just as they're about to walk in, and then they spin the camera around, and she's already away down the street, and she's walking way too fast. And it's like, that's just a wee kind of jump scare there. Like, I'm not entirely sure. Where it's, it was quite, it's quite unsettling, though. It, it, is. it works at you going, right, okay, we now know something's going to be in the catacombs, but what is it? It's not going to be the descent creatures, because that was a human. What is it? Is it some sort of fucking cult? And then it, it draws you in. I, I quite like that wee scare. Yeah. So they go over and they um they speak to Papillon and they, at first he's like, fucking boat, guys, man, I'm out here drinking my absinthe and smoking my roll-ups. Do you know? Beat it. Uh, listen to uh, No Regret or Yann, you know, as I don't know what French people do. 
Uh, Sapan Pour Pournois, you know, <laughs> just running about the city. <laughs> uh, but for some reason, she managed to bring a wee bit of paper or something and says, no, oh, look at this, we've got, we know something. He's like, all oh, right, okay, fair enough, let's go, let's do it. She says, meet me tomorrow by the by the scene. And he's like, right. And then uh, the next day, <clears throat> they're at the, the van. Papillon's got this fucking gear in the back, you know, as you do for being a illegal tour guide. You have, of course, you've got all the gear. And uh, George is like, right, have, have a good time. I'm not going down underground. And then she just bats her eyelids and George is in. And she's not even promising a beach, although we all know that George is secretly making that the terms in his head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the word beach isn't used enough in <laughs> yeah, everyday okay. life. Yeah. It's, it's straight to the point. It's such a good yeah. word. It's, if, any, if anybody is... It, or as to what exactly it means, it is um, the the initials B J just put together. <laughs> Beige. My favourite character in Barney the Dinosaur. Beige, the wee green one. Oh, no, <laughs> Beige was the yellow one, wasn't it? I have no idea. I went to see Barney. It was B J's birthday, so that's how I remember it. Barney, one of Barney's pals was called B J. Yeah, I'm sure it was the it was it was the yellow one. <laughs> Oh man, they tell us even when, the, when the, the kids went to sleep, those imaginary dinosaurs had a fucking mega orgy, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> it's always with these kids' programmes, man, there's always secret undertones of sex in it. It's weird. <laughs> I don't agree with it, but it's just the way it is. <laughs> it's just the way it is to fucking deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, after they've put on all their gear, They've got their wee headlamps on, and then they walk like underneath a train track tunnel, and then at this point, Benji turns around and says, I fitted all your headlamps with wee cameras. <laughs> fuck off! <laughs> Honestly, get the fuck, he's just like pressing, he's pressing nothing, and then pretending they've all got head cameras, and then obviously it's just filmed by an actual camera, without the yeah. person, but it's not actually head cameras, it's an actual camera that's filming these scenes. Um, so if you want us to believe that you've got fucking perfect digital head cameras, and you had like six of them ready for just such an occasion that you might put them <laughs> underground, bolt. <laughs> Um, it's also that at this point he kind of flips into like a really weird version of the peep show where it's yeah. filmed directly at the face as if they're talking to you I thought that I get it you you need to do that to make us believe that we're seeing in the catacombs with you but it's such a weird choice that I'm like nah that annoys me yeah do you know what? it didn't bother me it didn't bother me like I didn't even really properly notice it until you've just like pointed it out as a, as a, as a thing there um, I was quite other than the fact that the, the, the line they say they all got head cams was bullshit um, they didn't even like make it look as if they had GoPros attached to them or anything um, but other than that I was I was fine with the, the choice but then what's it, how come it's jumping between cameras who's controlling that are we controlling that oh yeah because not all the cameras make it out yeah so how like how are we seeing from every camera point of view have you just got a just um, pretend that's not happening and we're just there with them in which case why not just be a camera yeah because it's it's almost filmed like a kind of found footage but then nobody can ever find their footage so it's it yeah. technically doesn't make sense that it's been edited together in such a way so j- just just film it as as a film yeah film it that you're in, in the tunnels with them don't pretend that it's the cameras filming because then who are, who are we to be watching this yeah that's an interesting decision I wonder if that was a, that was a point that they brought up at the like at the read throughs beforehand, or if they just either never thought about it at the time, or just thought fuck it, we're just doing it anyway. Yeah. That's interesting. I never thought about that, but that's a good point. There you go. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. 
Um, so we get to the, the wee hole that's in the, in the train tunnel, and George is like, no, he's, he's not going. I was like, oh, so he hasn't actually got to go. And then up oh, the police come running, fucking rugby tackle a few of them, and they all get down in the, the hole, and George has to go. I did just get arrested. <laughs> Honestly, I did just get arrested. But he's not doing anything wrong at this point. He's not even dressed up in gear. And he did say he wasn't going, so he, he, there's not even any conspiracy there. Yeah, other than other than not give the names of my pals away. Um, you, you probably would, though. You're a grass. I'm you just, I would grass up Papillon. I don't give a fuck about Papillon. I would keep Baby Baby Brown's name out of it, though. <laughs> but what happens when the police find her with Papillon? Also, the police don't actually really follow up on this. See if they, they really don't want to go down there enough to rugby tackle them. Yeah. Why, once they go in, do they just, oh, well, fuck it, they're in now? That cunt comes and do a couple of smoke bombs, though. That stopped them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my note here is I I I'd just have got arrested if I'm honest. Honestly, I would have. Like, I we've made it quite clear in this show over the years though that both of us would never really last in like a, a tense movie situation. Yeah, we'd, 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 lie, lo- we'd lie down and die. <laughs> 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 we would get arrested. We would give ourselves up. So <laughs> we've, the, yet, uh, we've yet to we've yet to actually make it to the end of something. Yeah. yeah. So they start, so just, right, so that's just, that's where we are, George, okay? And we've decided to go down the tunnel, right? Okay. And we start walking, and Papillon says this way, look, there's my tag, Pap. And they're like, all right, fair enough, let's go. And then you can hear this kind of weird choir singing, and then you walk past this room and you look in, and it's just hundreds of women, including the woman who ran out the club at you the night before, with white-painted faces and candles, and they're all singing this weird shit, and then she turns and stares right at your face. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Absolutely nope. I would turn back round and just go straight back and get arrested. Like if I had managed to run away to the police at first, I'd have seen that. And I just and even if that's just fully humans and not weird at all, or it is weird and not like otherworldly at all, I'd just be like, nope, no fucking way. <laughs> I think though, if you're that way inclined that you just really, really, really want to get arrested, uh, you're not going to even get to that level. At no point are you human idea going to the catacombs. So you've not even left the house when Lara Croft's turned up. You're like, yeah. I've told you, I'm not hanging about with you anymore. Yeah. You're getting bad situations. Get out of my garden. Guy. And, <laughs> and you don't even give me a beach, so it's not worth it. So beat it. <laughs> it's very sexist, Scott. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, the guys could give beaches as well. It's everybody can give, everybody with a mouth can give a beach. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, but wholly to females. Um, Sergio. So they walk. They walk around under the and uh, <coughs> the, the the cat comes and Papillon's like, right, we go this way, and uh, Brown Eyes is like um, looking at our map and says, no, we go. We need to go through this tunnel. And Papillon's like, people who go in that tunnel don't come back out. And uh, she's like, oh, that's some urban legend. I'm like, Hen, you're fucking underground looking for a wizard rock. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, that tunnel could lead to absolutely nowhere. Like people get lost in there. That's not an urban legend. That is like literally what happens, right? That is fairly what happens. And we'll talk about a story about that in real life later on. That is actually what happens. Alternate title: Harry Potter and the Wizard Stone. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Oh. Wizard Stone is also a great name for a band. I'm copywriting that. Wizard, Wizard Stone. Stone. Yeah. A stoner. Eh. Uh, I a stoner. Prog band. Oh, that's what's what you call it when you um you smoke you smoke a joint through like a, one of those big long wizard pipes, like Melon has. Yeah, I, was, I thought you were going to say a big long wizard hat, and I was thinking I don't think that would work. 
one and even I was even listening. I was even listening to what you were saying. In my head, all I could hear is big long wizard hat, and I'm going, "That just wouldn't work." How, how can you <laughs> Although actually, a now, that now that I thought it through, I think those big long pipes were opium pipes. No, I'm thinking it yeah. through. So maybe it's maybe it is a wizard stone, different type of stone. Okay, also a good name for a like a hash shop, like a smoke cafe. Wizard stone. stone. Yeah, feels like an old bar, like an old man's pub, but actually, it's a cafe. Yeah. Copywriting all of that. <laughs> That's that on record. Um so they they don't I so they don't uh, they don't go through the one that uh, Brown Eyes wants to go through. They decide to follow Papillon and they need to climb over a big pile of bones. Um because the catacombs are basically um just full of bones. It's they, they used to bury people in the city of Paris and then it, it was like the the drainage or something wasn't right, so it would rain or whatever fucking happened and the bones kept raising the surface, so they thought, well, we need to fucking deal with this. And they lifted up, over the course of five or six years, they lifted up six million dead bodies and stored them in these tunnels that were there from when they used to mine limestone. And, uh, and it's just walls upon walls of bones and skulls just packed in. Like They didn't even keep the bones together and like bury them as normal, they just, they just shelved them. Um... So at this point, they have to climb over this big pile of bones, and Benji gets stuck, and it's horrible, and it's it's uh, claustrophobic. But the descent done it better when they done they're stuck in a tight space part. Oh, do you think so? I think so. Yeah. Uh, do you um, not think so? No, okay. Mm. I don't. I, they're probably in a par. Like yeah. I really, I really like the descent. It, it did kind of it bits it did get me a bit breathless thinking, fuck, if I was in there. I, I would just I would will myself to die straight away and this kind of did the same because up to this point I was like this is a load of absolute nonsense but then I started actually feeling the kind of breathlessness and I was thinking right okay so I'm obviously still invested in the movie and I fucking hate tight spaces and yeah. it's all back to the tickling thing I hate it <laughs> <laughs> don't tickle me and don't put me in a tight space um so anyway, Benji manages to get out and get through, and then for some reason they loop back to the the, the forbidden tunnel that uh, Baby Browns wanted to go down a minute ago. Um, and they go down that tunnel, and when they get in that tunnel, there's a pap tag in there, and they're like, uh, "Oh, I right then, Papillon, you said you never come down this way before," and he's freaking out. Now that'd be enough for me to be like, "Do you know what? I, I believe him." Like <laughs> I only met him last night, and he might be a fucking mega wind-up artist, but I. I believe him. He's freaking out. I think we should call this a day. I don't think it's worth it. <laughs> Let's go back and get arrested. I, I would be. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> this is my, my actual note that I'm reading off just now. The loop. Getting back to the tunnel and now a pap tag when he's freaking out. And now a fucking phone ringing. Catch you later, guys. I'm going to go get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> that phone ringing. <laughs> Oh, see if you see, see if your life is like a a, a, a role playing game like, or like Pokemon or something. Every conversation you ever have, or every situation you ever get in, of your three choices, the last one is always just go and get arrested. Just go back and get arrested. <laughs> I would I would be like a Debbie Downer on this trip, honestly, man. I'd be, you really want to have me there. You should uh, do a book of short stories and every story ends with, and I just went back and got arrested. <laughs> Regardless of the situation. That's how all my, screen, my wee short story screenplays are going to end. <laughs> I went and got arrested. Um, but on that phone starts right, it's like an old, it's like one of those really sh- like shattering, like uh, stark noises, like, like, you know, it's like coming from down the tree. like, what the hell is that? And they're like, that was actually really fucking good. <laughs> they're like, uh, they said they, they used to run the cables. 
down the tunnels for something? Is it during, I don't know, during the war or whatever? And they used to run cables through there for the phones. I think, but why the hell is it, why, why is it ringing? Who the hell's phoning it? Yeah, and they go down. And they're, they're not as creeped out with the, the phone thing. Yeah, I would have been, I'd have been hysterical. I'd have been actually <laughs> fucking shitting myself. I'd have done one of those nervous jobbies right there and then. And then we'd get arrested. <laughs> get arrested, eh? <laughs> Kiss, kiss, kiss that, uh, kiss, kiss that baby brown beige goodbye, man. <laughs> I think, I think the baby brown beige is just, off the table as soon as you shat yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shat yeah. yourself and talked about getting arrested in multiple occasions. Yeah, uh, I'd be probably be greeting as well. To be fair. <laughs> so they go down the tunnel and they go around the corner, and there's just this wee. This wee sideboard table, this wee, this wee bedside table with an old-fashioned phone on it, covered in dust, ringing. I'm like, that's that's too freaky, man. That is way too freaky. And did they answer it? Did they, they pick, pick it up, up and there's yeah. nobody there? Or is it like a internet dialing tone or something? Can't remember. Nah, I was sure it was like a weird voice. But I could I could make that up. Then I, I wanted it to be a weird voice. Aye. And then they, so they, they, they hang the phone back up and they start moving around. And I'm like, I forgot how good this actually was. And this is when they find a, a fucked up piano just sitting. And uh, George is like, oh, it looks like one that we used to have in my house. I used to play this uh, wee tune on it. I can't remember what tune it is. Probably um, the European song. Do, 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 do. And he's like, but I could never finish it because the, the, the A key was, was fucked. And he plays the wee tune. And sure enough, the A key is fucked. I'm like, oh. Uh, it's well, it has well done that, but yeah, I liked it. Yeah. It's so uh, simple and obvious that it's going to happen, but yet, as soon as you hear the, <sighs> the air going out, you're like, oh, oh, good scare. Good scare, guys. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if uh, my notes are just backwards here or if the piano's before the phone stops ringing, but I've written it, this is how I've written it as I've watched it. See if you found the phone. Would you answer it? I'm like, oh, get to fuck, it's on a wee table. <laughs> <laughs> so you would answer it if it was just sitting on the floor, but the <laughs> fact yeah. that somebody's actually put it on a table <laughs> yeah, is the that, terrifying that thing. Made it, that made it way more scary, it really did. <laughs> right, so... so <laughs> would it not be scary if it was like mounted to the wall? I don't know, I think it was scarier on the wee table. I think if it was mounted to the wall, <laughs> I think it, it would have felt it would have felt like it was like industrial, like from... like the phone company but because it was like sitting on a wee table I was like that's as if it's came out of somebody's house the way that, that piano came out of his house that that made, yeah. it, it, just made it freaky <laughs> so they've, they've got lost right they went down that tunnel that nobody comes out of and they're, they're, they're fucked they're lost they found a well and I think she's babbling on about how you still need to go deeper because this stone's buried way deep way deep how long would you need to be lost for before you agreed to climb down that well yeah to be honest, I would be freaking out from almost the minute we went in. So by this point, it would have felt like an eternity, and I would just do anything to try and get out. So maybe, I uh, maybe at this point, I would go down that well. Yeah. What about you? I I probably would. I mean, I would kind of. I think I would. I think see when you're lost, I wouldn't. Even, I wouldn't split up. I'd be shaking myself, but I wouldn't split up because that's even worse. You'd get lost. You'd panic more. I think. Yeah. So they climb down the well. Would you go down to the catacombs? Like, not as a a guided tour. If this happened and somebody went to you, I could take you in a wee underground, like, urban exploring in the catacombs, would you do it? Um, Probably not. 
yeah. realistically because I don't trust people that I don't know, especially people like if you're in a foreign country, you don't even know the, do you know, the, just the nature of how, how jokes work, you know, like what, what is humour and what's the joke. See, like if somebody was trying to wind you up in, in Glasgow, you could maybe work out and you can know what the, you can know the language and you could maybe know, no, he's at it, man. I don't trust him. Whereas in, in a foreign country, you are, you don't have an, you don't have a, a knowledge of the language. You don't have a knowledge of like the, the tone and the jokes and the, yeah. and, the, and the way you're speaking. So even if you you wouldn't fully understand if it was definitely if they were at it or if it was just cultural differences. So I'd be like, you just got to take me down there and leave me down there. So <laughs> no, I'll just stay up here, mate. I'll just stay up here at this wee uh, tourist pub. Just go to phone the police and just get myself arrested. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I I wouldn't do it. I'd like I I would tell everyone I was doing it and I would put up pictures on like, Instagram and Facebook of me outside the catacombs going exploring and I would just sit in a hotel room eating pops up <laughs> for like three years and come yeah. back out and go oh that was a laugh my camera didn't work <laughs> there's no fucking way I would actually take, go and do it <laughs> just that uh, just that city just the, the Instagram lie right, the, the daredevil ideal is amazing <laughs> but the actual practicality of doing it not a fucking chance we see them when they go down the well okay they, they, they go down the well and I don't know if they're in the room at the moment at this part yet, but they, they found something written on the walls um, to get out. Yeah, so they found they found like a, they're in this room that's potentially got something written on the walls, and they try to work it out. And she's like reading the wee thing out, and she's like, "Right, okay, that's this one." And it's like some kind of poem about the planets, and it's to like count the numbers or something. And it's like pick the planet, and if you pull the rock, that becomes a door, and you can open the door. Or if you pull the wrong one, the fucking floor gives away, and you die. Some some nonsense like that. Some goodies uh, type. Uh-huh. Booby trap. She is way too haphazard. She's wanting to charge ahead with the planet. She's like Neptune, and she goes to pull it. And George's like, "No, wait, wait, wait. When was this done? This is before like Neptune was discovered. Pluto was discovered. So change the numbers, and then oh, and then again she's like, oh, yeah, it's Mars.' And it's like, "No, wait. When was this before Galileo? So they still thought this the Earth was the center. So count the sun as a planet. And then she's like, "You, there is absolutely no way that she's got as far as she's got before now if she's charging ahead head first like, that, like a fucking bull in a china shop. No way in hell." <laughs> that's, that's all very accurate yeah <laughs> just imagine George did say no they'd be pan breed that'd be it game over he'd just be oh, sitting in, he'd be sitting in the uh, sitting in the cells just like oh, I wouldn't even check it out if I get my wee beach <laughs> <laughs> how fucking angry would you be though <clears throat> like when she does that the very first time she's like oh Neptune and grabs a stone imagine she pulled it he's fell down he's landed broke your legs fucking snapped everything in your dying breath you was looking at her like are you fucking kidding you'd just be like yeah you'd be just, like if uh, he gave it t- if he gave me 10 seconds <laughs> to think of the question we wouldn't be in this fucking position you'd be like Dennis for uh, that episode uh, it's always sorry when he goes road rage you bitch you fucking bitch <laughs> <laughs> have you been watching the new series I've watched it yeah it's brilliant uh, it's excellent <laughs> Um. So if they, people don't watch it because a lot of people in the flick chat and stuff we're going to do a rewatch of It's Always Sunny which is totally unrelated to horror but yeah. go and watch it yeah. I've not seen it it's the fucking best thing on TV see ever. the thing is my advice to anyone who has not watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is to start from the start don't jump in halfway through don't jump in at any episodes they don't all link together necessarily but you need to see the escalation of the characters if you watch the, the later series they're all just screaming at each other and they're like <laughs> what the hell is this but you need to you need to watch the start and, and escalate with them 
so you can understand it. It's like my family at Christmas. See, when I used to go and we all used to go to Manny Allison's, if I was working, see if I was there from the start, everybody would be getting hyped up and hyped up and hyped up and louder and louder and louder as the day goes on. But see, when I, the days that I was working and I turned up at like 8 o'clock at night and you walk in and they're all at fucking 11, you're like, holy shit, man, I don't think I can stay here too long. <laughs> that's what it's, that's uh, that's how I describe it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, it's a, again a very accurate description because yes. it's on the money. <laughs> So they open up this this planet's door, and there's like a Knights Templar just lying there with his skin on, just lying. <laughs> like he's dead, but he's just lying. He's like from he's like from the what the 1500s or the or the 500s. When did the Knights Templars kick about? D- don't ask me dates. You know I don't know them. We're just going to look silly. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> the, anyway, they were kicking about. It's like a scary Indiana Jones. When you say skin on, though, you just mean he's lying there and his skin's not rotted away. Lying there with, with his skin on. Sounds like, sounds <laughs> yeah. so fucking weird. Yeah, but he's but he's like aye. So he's because he's dead. He's been dead for ages. Aye, <clears throat> but just as in he's still a a fresh corpse or yeah. could be alive. Yeah, he's not, he's not <laughs> lying there with his skin on. Because yeah, yeah. like, oh, it's like chicken. Leave it with the skin on. <laughs> uh, it just doesn't. It sounds weird. Um, a, a quick uh, Google of the uh, next template, and I think. It seems if the first day I can without actually properly reading it, it says they were active from eleven nineteen to thirteen twelve. So that's a long time ago. Yeah. Your skin would definitely be yeah, off. Your skin would be off, yeah, one hundred percent. Um So they're in there, nobody nobody really gets too scared at this point. Like I don't know if they've they've got hardened from getting lost or the the Goonies trap or the phone and piano. That they've just been like oh, this is just the next step. A dead body that still got his skin on, lying there, <laughs> from fucking, you know, dressed up like King Arthur. I'd have been like, I'd have been freaking out. I'd have been shrieking myself. I would not take my eyes off that body because he looks as if he's about to get up. Do you know what I mean? Like, and how strong has he got to be? You, theoretically, you should be able to punch his head clean off because he should just be rotted to nothing. <laughs> but if his skin's still on, it needs to be something supernatural and he's probably going to be able to kick your head in. <laughs> he's probably got a big sword as well. But why panic? Because you're in that position. There's literally nowhere else you can go. Because you don't know the way back. You can't go back and get arrested Pan- now. Panic's panic's not rational. All right, you, you can't. She can't justify panic. <laughs> <laughs> so she finds uh, she finds something written on the walls that, that say like twist it and flip it or something. Is this this may even be right. the as above so below like everything on top is how it should be underneath or some nonsense that's all reflected. And then there's a wee uh, a wee puddle of water and she jumps in it. I think she pulls some rocks and sees some light and she says, right, I need to I need to swim through here. She does not know how far that underwater tunnel is at all. But sure enough, she's fucking heat first in that tunnel, swimming her way through. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's 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 worse. They don't put a lot of um, emphasis on how scary that actually is. You know how in that advert when it just say tell you to go for the Marines and the wee boys yeah. swam through that tunnel and you get his legs caught? And it says 99.9% need not apply. And I'm like, I am 100% 99.9% because there's no way I'm fucking really dying for fucking that. That advert used to terrify me. Yeah. I, always wa- I always wanted to be in the army because I loved watching army movies and running about pretending I had a gun. And I always wanted to do it until that advert. And I was like, yeah, a million percent. I am not that guy. Yeah. I am never, <laughs> ever, I am never going to the army. I'm never going to the Marines. You can all fuck off because you are mental. <laughs> yeah. I so that, the advert worked to turn away the 99.9% lazy bastards. <laughs> yeah. And then the Marines are just sitting there with two guys in it. Oh man, we're never going to be in a war here. 
Uh, what can you do? I can sell under a wee tunnel. What can you do? Same, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, like, she didn't know how far that tunnel is, and it, they could have made that scary. Like, one of them could have got caught somewhere in between the tunnel. That would have been fucking terrifying. But they don't. They just swim through it. And in the other room, which is, like, the same, only it's reflected. And there's, there's a fucking lit fire. There's a lit fire in the room. Yeah. And no one is asking us how the hell the fire's still going. They do, they, they do, just after that, though. Oh, they, that's right, so they do eventually. Because um, <laughs> I was thinking to say, I was like, surely somebody's going to question this. Somebody has to, like, why are the lights on? Oh, yeah, George, on. George asked it. That's, there's George asking the important questions while the torch is lit. <laughs> Keeping it real, as always. <laughs> um, but we've also, I forgot. To- sounds, like you're, sounds like you're going to give uh, George a, a brown <laughs> baby, baby beige. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? He's the only man that makes sense in this this movie. I probably would. Um, and it's baby brown beige. I got that backwards there. A brown baby beige is totally different. Actually, do you know what? I can picture in my head what a brown baby beige is. And it's oh fucking. It's just all about shitting on someone, and it is disgusting. And I'm going to put that on Urban Dictionary. Brown baby beige. <laughs> Example. I had some hey, hey. that is a hundred times worse, so I won't mention it. <laughs> All right, we need to. We'll discuss it after the recording, and we'll put it up in Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Mary, I fancy like a brown baby bee. I fancy a brown baby bee. <laughs> okay, honey. <laughs> oh man. Uh, wow. Um. Right, we forgot to mention that a. Uh, they met a guy down in, in the uh, the catacombs, the mole, they called him. <clears throat> now, Papillon had mentioned at the start that the mole was better at this urban explorer in the catacombs than anybody else, but he went down that tunnel that they weren't supposed to go down and he never came back out, and that's why they don't go down it, because he was better at making his way around than any rest of them, so if anybody was going to come back out, he would have. So they found him down there, but he was supposed to have been down there for like at least a year, and he's he looks dishevelled, but he doesn't. he'd be dead. Mm-hmm. But they just accept that he, he is who he is and he's alive. Um, and then when you get into the, the, flip t- the flip tunnel, I'm like, is he dry? Because I think he was. He d- he didn't look as if he was um, wet when he went through the uh, that we that we water tunnel. So yeah. it's definitely something. We we as an audience, we are definitely asking that are uh, suspicious of the mole anyway. But yeah, he definitely looks as if he's if, as if he's dry, as if he's supernatural in some way. Yeah. It's quite, it's quite good at the at building the tension because you are invested in going. What the fuck is going on? Because by this point, you'd expect to see the monster. Or you'd expect to see the creepy thing that is going to come and get them. But because it's all supernatural, you're like, I have no idea what's going on, but I'm fully intrigued to find out. Yeah. So they um, in the wee room that's all the torches are lit, it's like there's like uh, bars covering the wee rooms and it's full of, kind of gold and treasure and stuff. And uh, basically, that's how she got Papillon and his pals to come down because she said there's treasure in the room and you can have it all because I'm not interested. I'm just after the stone. Um, so they're like trying to get to the, the treasure. And instead of just putting their hands through and grabbing some gold coins, which they can easily reach, they pull the cage off and somebody shouts, It's a trap! <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then it, what happens here? Does it, the place start to fall into bits or something? I don't know. The. Aye, because then do they not have to jump through another wee hole? If I, so, yeah, another fucking hole in the ground. I'm surprised she didn't uh-huh. dive in heed first. <laughs> but it's this is when she reads above the hole, abandon all hope, ye who enter here, in like some other language. 
And uh, then she goes to crawl through it. And apparently that's what's written above the gates of hell. Yeah. And then she goes to start crawling through the tunnel, the, the wee hole. And it's so small, she has to like, kind of lie in her belly and shuffle along. And she turns around and says to George, and they should be made to crawl on their bellies into the kingdom of hell. I'm like, do you know, just, but why don't sing like, Whistle While You Work or something? Do you know, why don't you <laughs> sing a wee happy tune as you go through there? Because you're just causing panic all round in my eyes. <laughs> I'd bet in that tunnel, like, floods of tears, screaming out, it's all a game of you, isn't it? It's all a game of you. <laughs> this is just funny. <laughs> We're literally crawling through the gates of hell and it's a fucking joke. <laughs> she can keep her fucking brown baby bees. I don't want it anymore. But wait, who did somebody go back through the water tunnel? Oh, does Benji not go back? At is some Benji point, already gone. I don't know. At some point, somebody's went back through the water tunnel, and I'm like, their shoes will be fucking splunging. <laughs> splunging. Splunging. This is uh, now what happens here. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. This is when the girl who went down with Papillon's pal, she gets killed, and it's the mole that does it, isn't it? Yeah, the mole smashes her head in, like probably bangs her head off the, the. Uh... Wait, if, oh shit! Have we done the? Uh... Have we done the thing with the stone yet? Yeah, because that's the room. She finds a stone in that room. Like while they're looking at the treasure, uh, she looks up, away from it because the yeah. treasure's meant to be a distraction, and yeah. that's when they realise it's a trap. So just as she finds the stone, <coughs> she shouts at them. Yeah, they open it and. But somebody gets cut or something. And she uses yeah. the stone to heal them. And they're like, holy fuck, that's a, that's a magic stone. It's a wizard like, stone. Yeah, it's a wizard stone. There she's found the actual magic stone. It's uh, done some magic. And then uh, the last thing is her head smashed in. And then he's like, use the stone. And he, he can't because she's already dead. You can't bring people back for, back from the dead. It's only It can only heal cuts. It's like uh, pseudo cream. <laughs> faster. So they've been all the way down to the catacombs. <laughs> all through that, they're definitely all going to die. All for a big, fucking heavy pseudocrem rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they go through the they go through the tunnel, right? They go through some other tunnel, and then there's another kind of well to go down, like a big deep pole, and they're all put the ropes down and they're abseiling down it. Benji's the last to go down, and they're all down the hole and they're shouting up to Benji, but you see him at the top of the hole, and he can't hear them shouting up, but he can hear noises at the top of the hole, and he's looking around, and there's like the gap that they've just come through, and he's looking about, and then this bird just comes. Fucking charging at that hole and scares him, and that scared the bird that scared Benji down that hole just scared the shit out of me. Well done, movie. Well done. Yeah, it's a it's a really good scare. It kind of makes you forget about all the ham-fisted cheesy Lara Croft shit for the very start. Yeah, like um, so Benji falls down the hole right right down the hole and lands just all their feet just dead, pan bleed. With a sickening, sickening thud. Yeah, yeah. And you see it as well. You just you see it like properly just boosh, land, dead. Um, so we're, we're now in the fucking nose, man. We're so deep under these caves and they're walking around and uh, they're all seeing and hearing things now. Like they're down there. It's all f- more or less super... Well, it's fully supernatural. They get around the corner and there's a car and I'm like, get to fuck. They've slightly lost it with the car. But it's it all seems to be something from their past that's that's troubled them, that's that's coming to light. Um, and I think I don't think I'm not sure if they all get to describe what it is. Maybe we can just surmise different things. Maybe maybe um, the woman and child that scared Benji. Maybe he left his family or something, thinking he would get a baby boy, uh, baby boy. Uh, 
<laughs> I think the car was uh, it was in like Papillon's parlor. Yes, there's somebody in the car and it looks at him and he's like, "Oh, it wasn't my fault." Yeah, so he was he was obviously driving and crashed the car or something, and killed his pals. So that's why this this is the cars to him the way the piano was to George and uh, some other things. And the and the hanging guy in the flasher's coat is her dad who's killed himself. Um, but he goes close to the car and then the car sucks him in. And the car just like disappears into some sort of vortex, and all it leaves is Papillon's naked legs stuck out <laughs> the, the ground. And that's a bit. It's like almost like daft. Like, it's daft. It's like uh-huh. rushed. It's like they've thought of this kind of like it's imagery and this visual like to, to give to, for something to happen to him. But it just it takes it way too far past the realm of believability. Yeah. Even even the old guy with his skin on, I can still kind of suspend my disbelief a wee bit for that, but. The car just was, I think, too much for me. Yeah. But it doesn't detract the movie. It just that particular scene detracts from it. But everything else around about it is still is still okay. I think that's the line though, until like once it crosses that, that's that the, the rest of it is just gonna be bonkers. Yeah, you're gonna be thinking, right, are they still alive? Because that can't happen. Yeah. At yeah, all. Like, yeah. No matter how supernatural you want me to believe, that's not gonna happen. So now Right, is the rest of the movie all them in hell? Is it that them that they're all dead now, and that's why this fucking mad stuff's happening? Yeah, well, I true enough because they did technically crawl into hell. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I don't. I mean, at this point, like you've got you've you you've got no no way out really. So like to talk talking all the time about going and get arrested and stuff, but like at this point, I mean, a lot of points before this, but certainly by this point, <laughs> there is no real way back. Yeah. So you just need to. That's what I'm saying. So like, after all you'd experience, would it be scarier with less people? Like once they start getting killed and disappearing, or would you just be at the fuck it stage? To be honest, I think with that amount of people, you wouldn't even have get down that far because some of the tunnels they crawl through, with that many people going through, there's no oxygen at all. They're going to suffocate quite quickly. Yeah. So, if I was doing it, I'd want less people so I, I can breathe for longer but just because I'd get scared I'd want loads of people so they can hug me and tell me everything's going to be alright yeah yeah. <laughs> just like huddle in a big group of like 80s just like standing close to each other take turns <laughs> of who gets to be in the middle <laughs> playing soggy biscuit <laughs> what the hell soggy biscuit you don't know what soggy biscuit is no You're, you put like a so like a hobnob or a a Jaffa cake or any kind of biscuit in the middle of the ground and you all wank on it and the last person that uh, comes on the biscuit has to eat it. <laughs> that is fucking disgusting. There's absolutely no way anyone has ever played Soggy Biscuit. Apparently, I can't remember, I'm not going to say it because it'll be slander. There was some uh, Prime Minister who played uh, had played so- Soggy Biscuit because it was like a game they used to play to see all boys skills like where they were probably getting beasted. Uh, the boys who play Soggy Biscuit. Oh man. It's... I, I swear to God, it's a real thing. I've never played it myself because, <laughs> I, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I would say I'm an, I'm an average ejaculator, but <laughs> I know in that situation I would be the fucking last and I am, not right. eating, a, I am not eating a Jaffa cake drizzled in, in <laughs> semen. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> oh God, no. <laughs> right. 
So they now see like cult members walking around. There's just be chambers with like a guy in a black hood just walking around and sitting in chairs and stuff with this kind of weird smoke following him. It's pretty scary. Yeah. But it's not it's not like jump scary. It's not as scary as the choir was, and it's not as scary as the woman who jumped out of nowhere was. But it's still kind of creepy. Yeah. So then something happens to George. George gets like slit in the throat or something, or bit in the throat. I can't remember exactly what happens to him, but he's still alive. And they're trying to stop the bleeding, and then they're like, put the stone on him. Or I said put the stone on him, I'm not sure. But it turns out it's not the right stone. Now, George seems to know why it's not the right stone. But instead of telling her, he just hinted with clues so she could figure it out. Also, like, it's her passion that's took her to try and find the stone, alright? But it's definitely written that George is the better Indiana Jones. Yeah. He just doesn't want to do it. He's a reluctant Indiana Jones, is what you're saying. Indiana Jones, yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's a great, that's a great concept for a movie. A guy who's really, really, really good at treasure hunting, but just can't be fucked. And you've <laughs> got like, you've got, to, you've got to come and do it. We found this, this place that could be treasure in Egypt. You've got to come. I just can't be fucked, man. And it's just him going about his everyday life, getting these phone calls, going, "Oh fuck off, just leave me alone. I don't want to do it." Yeah, he's like just for and he's just sitting in the pub. And he's like. Have you tried reading it upside down? Oh yeah, right, good die. Cheers, mate. <laughs> Have you tried burying it under the ground? <laughs> just knows all the answers before he's even there. Just replace the statue <laughs> with a bag of sand of the same weight. <laughs> uh, uh, two pints, mate. Uh, right, right, cool. Phone me back if it doesn't work. <laughs> Great idea. <laughs> um, so, I've got a question. If that wasn't the right stone, how did it heal the girl? No idea. Right. But at that point, is it just all nonsense anyway? So no, nothing needs to make sense. It's like lost. They're all dead, so let's just put a polar bear on the island. Yeah, it doesn't see It doesn't need to be any logic in anything that happens from now on. I suppose. So basically, she's figured it out. Is what happens is now I don't I don't actually entirely know. How, how it's supposed to work but she's taken the stone right and then she's used that to heal but what it is is the actual stone needs to be replaced because it's like there's like some kind of poem or some way it's written that like as above so you take one and you need to take the opposite so you need to put it back to get the real stone apparently so she's like right I need to run back so she runs back through all the cave past like the, the cult members past Benji's dead body climbs up the hole climbs all the way through through the wee water tunnel into the skin on Knights Templar puts the stone back in the wall and then back in the tunnel, and then runs all the way back while George is still alive. She gets back to him, she runs into her dad again, and he's like hanging there right in front of her face, but she's got it, she's winning the cave now, she just believes that it's not real, or she believes that she's not scared by it, or some fucking nonsense like that, and then he just disappears. And all the bad guys are just disappearing right in front of her, because she's, like there's people like stone men and stuff breaking out the walls and all that, but she just knows that if I don't believe it, they won't hurt me. And she yeah. makes it back to George, and she doesn't have a stone, but she's now got healing hands, and she fixes them. Because she was the philosopher's stone all along. <laughs> that, just, that doesn't really make sense to me. <laughs> no, it doesn't. So, he gets back, and there's only three of them left. We've got Baby Browns, you've got George, and you've got uh, Papillon's pal. And then they go down again, and they, they go into another kind of cave room, and then they find like a looks like a manhole. And they're trying to open it, and it won't lift in. And like, no, you need to push it down. So they figure, or oh, you need to push it down. So they push it down and slide it off to the side. And then they're like, they look out and they can see like outside. 
Now, they've been going down and down and down and down and down. So how the hell are they outside? But anyway, <laughs> they, they start to go through and then they throw, they throw a, they put a bag in and you see it from the outside, like a manhole, normal side up. And a bag just coming shooting out it as if somebody's thrown it up. But they're throwing it down. Strange. So then she goes out. So from her end, she's going feet first because she's going down into this hole. But as you see it on the real side, she's coming up feet first. Which, I like this concept at the end, right? That they've went so deep underground, they flipped, and then they come up the other side um, with upside-down manhole and stuff. And it's like, when would the gravity flip in terms of you being in the cave when you are, like, basically, the very last image, they're technically on the roof of this cave and climbing out through the manhole, but she's going to feet first, so at some point, gravity's got to start pulling her back down. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So when does that happen? Anyway, they all climb out the manhole and they all come out the side of the scene and you can see Notre Dame in the background. Beautiful city. And then Papillon's pal smiles and walks away and then they two curl each other and it looks like he might be getting that beige after all. <laughs> Do you think they're still alive though? Uh, well, my question is, right, is that manhole always attached to the upside down land that we're just in? Like if you if I if I was walking in Paris like say this film is real right it's not a movie and I when I was in Paris and I walked that part of the scene and that manhole if I had just opened it would I've climbed into the bottom of that cave is that how that always worked or did they just get out into the real world or are they in some sort of upside down hell world or are they in like topsy turvy land that you were talking about before mm-hmm. like is it do you know what I mean like is that the real world they've got out into or are they dead yeah or have they get outside into hell. So. Because there's a guy just sitting by the river, like when they get in, out into the world again, and you can hear cars and traffic. But it's it, it, that's probably a downside of the movie. At the end, of it you're still like, so what happened then? Like, what is the what's what's the conclusion here? Are they alive? Are they just out of the hole? That was just an experience, was just a, a bad trip. Are they dead? What do you or, think? What. For it to make sense, I'd like to think they all died quite quickly in the tunnel and the rest was just in one of their death dreams. <laughs> or just Because the, the, the camera angles and that don't make sense, then it is just a nonsense movie. I'm meant to just go, right, cool, they're down the tunnels and that all happened, that's all supernatural and now everything's fine. Oh, cool, that was, that was weird. Yeah, see, like the way I felt it, because they smiled and then the two, they two hugged as I think back together. I felt like it was that's them out and they're fine, even though it doesn't make any sense. I no. felt as if that was that was the that was my feelings as the as the as the movie ended that that they'd got out and they were fine. So after doing that, after getting out that manhole, next time, Baby Brown phones you up and goes, "Listen, I've been translating these wicked poems, and I think there's treasure in such and such." Do you listen to her or do you hang up the phone and tell her never to phone you back? Hang, yeah. up, hang up the phone. Tell her, do not bother me again. Never to get a shoe in order on you. You shouldn't be contacting <laughs> me, bitch. <laughs> and that is as above, so below. Do you want my final summation? Yes. So, other than the healing hands and the disappearing car, this is a brilliant movie. An unknown cast that do a great job in making it feel somewhat real. Claustrophobic, claustrophobic feel is done really well. A few jump scares and some seriously creepy moments. I mean, that piano and that phone and that choir. I love Paris too, so there's so much to love here. Brilliant pick by me. Four guys... <laughs> <laughs> Four guys doing daft things hoping to get their dick sucked out of five. 
it was it, it was a good pick. I understand why you picked it because you couldn't be fucked actually looking through Netflix or Amazon or uh, Shudder and you just picked the fucking first movie you seen. But it was good revisiting it because apart from the daft Lara Croft bits, which obviously need to be there for them to have an excuse to be in the catacombs, it's still a fun movie. It's still enjoyable. There's daft bits and. It's a woody fucking nonsense, but I'd give it a three and a half out of five. Three and a half. Three and a half. It's not a four for me. There's too many, too many daft bits and nonsense, and oh my god, I'm going to find this treasure myself that nobody else has been able to find in yeah. five hundred years or five thousand years or three thousand years, whatever it is. It's just. I, can't, I, I couldn't give it a four but a three and a half because it's better than it's, it's worth a watch I would watch it again I'm glad I own it yeah yeah it is actually a good movie I think it's I think it has done really really well do you know um, you you have a degree of separation to Baby Brown I do yes Hi. Baby Brown is played by um, Perdita Weeks do you know who she is nope Oh, Rolo Weeks' sister? He's Rolo Weeks' sister, right? <laughs> That's amazing, I didn't know And for know those that. of you who don't know what that connection is, Rolo Weeks played the little vampire and Liam was in the little vampire. Yeah. Bike pusher number one. <laughs> <laughs> I was bike pusher number one. <laughs> Silver chrome Peugeot bike, you can see it in the school scene. And you see me wearing denim on denim. And if you've been watching that fashion show on Netflix that I haven't been, hey, <laughs> Lena, it's got Tan and Alexa Chung in it. Tan from Queer Eye, tells you that it's fine to wear three different shades of denim on top of each other. It's cool. So I was in fashion when I was like fucking 12 in A Little Vampire. Yeah. I'm a fashion queen, man. Don't want you to forget that. Do I anyway, I've got another. Cool. <laughs> I've got another connection for Perdita Weeks. Right. She's married to a man called Kit Friedrichsen. Do you know who that is? No. George, from this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh wait, tail light, tail light, tail light. Wait a minute. You just made that up, didn't you? I have. No, wait a minute. No, why did I think this was the case? Wait, hold on a second. Let me. I need to look at this. Your notes really are the scrawlings of a child. No, I swear to God. Wait a minute. She's she's married to somebody who's um who is actually something to do with this this movie. <laughs> Give me no, honestly, right. So right, hold on. Kit Friedrichsen is her spouse. Have you already got this all drawn up? No, I, I. Why did I think this was the case? I've read this when I was doing it. Maybe he just looks like him. I think he just looks like him. So she's married to a guy that looks like somebody who worked in the movie. I'm glad that is the finishing point of the uh, <laughs> the movie review. How did I end up doing that? I've messed that up. I apologise, everyone. <laughs> just, uh, just for this, or for everything else you do? Uh, no, pro- uh, for everything. Right. <laughs> oh well. Uh, she, so she's not. She, she's um. She's uh, Ben Feldman played um, George in this movie. Uh, uh, I don't know. If I, know I don't know who Kit Friedrichsen is. However, he does have a, a like a Wikipedia, so I don't know. <laughs> so she has a husband. Is what you're telling everyone? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I we fuck off and get arrested, man. <laughs> I can't believe we've just spent four and a half minutes talking about how she's got a husband. Excellent, brilliant. Well, do you know it's it's kind of like would you expect anything less from me? 
<laughs> you should do your own IMDb, your own travel pages, but everything is just fucking made up nonsense. <laughs> Perdita Weeks has a husband. Excellent. So you ready to finish as above, so below? That's it. Done. We can yes, move on. That is that is that is it. Okay. So now we go into the ca- what are we call it. Is it the creepy corner? Um, should we Conspiracy just say we just bring it back? Yeah. Just the the corner. So it's not really a corner. This part of the show. Ooh. This, we're going to talk about the movie, right? The creepy story behind the infamous Lost in the Catacombs video. Now, long before it gained worldwide viral notoriety, this footage that uh, you can find on YouTube it was part of a documentary which aired in um, different versions on different TV networks and it was called it was part of a show called The Scariest Places on Earth which is a show I would like to watch I've never heard of it but I would definitely watch it that that original film um, included segments of this camcorder footage shot in the vast and ancient catacombs of Paris in the early 1990s by an unidentified man whose camera was allegedly discovered many years later by an anonymous group of illicit tomb explorers kind of like Papillon and his pals they're known as cataphiles Um, so that's a real thing yeah it's a real thing yeah Urban explorers. I, I I get urban explorers, but how many times do you have to go down to the fucking catacombs? Like, yeah, you think it would be the same? Get real. Do it once, it's, it's done. Yeah, go down once, get a couple of pictures, and that's it. Never go back down that haunting, terrifying hellhole again. Yeah. Well, I've, I've followed a couple, I've followed two different um, urban explorer pages on Instagram, and they find a lot of places, like abandoned, empty places. Not always underground, but there's loads of, there's loads of stuff out there. Um, so, they found the, the camera caked with dust and mould, but still intact, claimed the contents of the tape inside were both tragic and terrifying. Um, so, this, this scariest place on earth reveals how the unnamed explorers become increasingly disorientated as he moves through the passageways of the crumbling stone and human bones, illuminated only by the camera's light. With each new turn of the subterranean labyrinth, it's soon apparent the man has no idea where he is or how he's going to get back to the surface. In case you're unfamiliar with, this, with the history of the, the hazards of the Paris catacombs, short version, back in the 18th century, the underground passages were created in part to deal with a lack of available cemetery space and increasing problem with mass graves. Um, over the course of like, the next hundred years, they used former mining tunnels, like I said earlier, to just move all the bodies and just stick all the bones in shelves. And it is so creepy. Like, see if you can Google pictures of it right now, if you can, um, look at the, all the bones and all the skulls. Creepy shit. Look at all the bones. It's estimated, yeah. It's, it's, most of it's more than 100 feet below street level, and historians estimate that these tunnels contain the bones of more than 6 million dead bodies. Now, that's haunted if ever I say it. Now, for the really scary part. Over the course of more than three centuries, countless numbers of people have ventured into this so-called Empire of the Dead, air quotes, which has been a popular tourist attraction since the late 1800s. But several adventurers who either slipped in through the main entrance, Barrier d'Enfort, or Gate of Hell, or one of several secret quote-unquote unofficial entry points said to connect to certain metro tunnels or city sewers, kind of where our guys got in in the movie, uh, then they were never seen or heard from again. So that brings us back to our unknown explorer, whose disturbing video has been the source of speculation, controversy and more than a few nightmares for more than a decade and a half since Friedland's documentary first aired. The footage has been discussed and analysed on dozens of paranormal websites and was recently featured on uh, Ghost Adventures. Um, and it says the footage may have inspired found footage film as above, so below. 
you're going to need to put the yep. video footage up in the group. Yes, I will. I will put up the the, the video. Um, while the true origins of the footage have yet to be confirmed, skeptics have dismissed the video as a fake, likely staged by the creators of the TV special, possibly by the guy who directed Scary Places and uh, Friedland himself. But others claim certain mysterious sounds can be heard in the tape after digital enhancement and cryptic markings found later by Friedland on the tunnel walls, um, shown in pictures, if you Google the, the uh, pictures, you'll be able to see all these, suggest that the man stumbled upon something he wasn't meant to see or something that no human has seen and survived. Curiously though, the camera's operator name is never given in the documentary. He's described as an experienced cataphile himself with extensive knowledge of the tunnels derived from historical maps and many prior expeditions. This raises the most pressing question in ongoing discussions around the footage. Why would such a seasoned explorer suddenly panic, drop his only apparent light source and run frantically into complete darkness, ensuring he would never likely be found alive again? Today that question remains unanswered, and at this point it seems unlikely the mystery will ever be solved to anyone's satisfaction. That is, of course, unless the man who actually dropped the camera either comes forward with the full story or his body is found somewhere deep within a hellish maze of stone and bone. That sounds like a lot of made-up bullshit. Well, you've, you've watched the video, yeah? Yeah. So he, he, he runs around, he runs around, he gets increasingly panicked, he gets increasingly nervous and, and, and anxious, his breathing gets heavier, then he eventually drops his camera and runs, you see him running around and down into the tunnel into darkness, he never comes back, that camera rolls out until it finishes. Yeah. But, he could easily set that up. Yeah, like yeah, what, I mean, what, what happens in that video that makes it think, like, well that can't be made up? Like, can't the guy just run around for a laugh? Belief. But there's nothing there to make me want to believe that. It's like the the video you recorded that you're selling the loft, pretending there was a zombie outbreak. That was for a movie that I was going to be in. <laughs> but if I if I, I watched that, if I watched that, I wouldn't think, oh, Scott, or oh, Scott was stuck in his loft, and then oh, there was a zombie outbreak. Oh my god, that was real. I obviously know that was an actor playing a role. And there's nothing in that video to show you that it's not an actor just playing a role. But there's nothing in that video to show you that it's not an actor playing a role either. Aye. But I'm more likely to believe that it was done as a prank because how come it's the only video like that? Um, because people it's like are, ghosts, people are, people are, it's like no, ghosts and UFOs. Think about how good the camera. Co- Look how good the fucking camera is in your phone now, and yet you still can't get a clear picture. You know these UFO uh, UFO sightings when they see them are still blurry as fuck. All made up nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. Uh, so that brings us to the end of episode one hundred and seventeen. Good pick, Scott. Yeah, it was a good pick. Happy with I'm, it. Yeah, you started. I genuinely thought you were going to pick Wild Rose because I was ready to hate you fully <laughs> when you when you're picking, and that doesn't mean then pick it in two weeks. So, but I'm glad you picked this one. It was good revisiting it, and yeah. a lot of people in the group seem to enjoy it as well. Yeah, which is weird because the side of him seems so daft that you'd think a lot of people would have serious issue with it. Yeah, they don't. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I it's totally, totally does. Um, totally does work, and it's a really good movie. Yeah. Uh, so, have you watched anything else in the past couple of weeks? Um, good. So I've finished watching um, Dead Water Fell. That was quite good, and I think White Church Farm's coming to an end, and 
we are on to episode five of The Outsider. Um, I don't know about movies. I watched that movie that I spoke about in the group, that uh, Field Guide to Evil. Yeah, different how was short it? movies. Ah, it's quite good. It's all kind of. It's all. I think there's only one movie that's not got subtitles, because um, it's all directors from uh, stories from all around the world, and it's done in the native languages. Um, it's all kind of pagan, witchy, devil worship kind of imagery and stuff like that, which is very interesting to see and very very good to watch. It's not particularly scary. It's just some nice imagery. Yeah. Worth worth a watch. And like I say, it's eight unconnected movies, so you can watch it in spells. You don't need to sit down and watch the whole thing at once. Hmm. What about you? Uh, I watched De- Lena's sister and her boyfriend come in last night for drinks. I thought you were going to end it there. I watched Lena's sister and her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Giving each other brown baby beiges. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I feel a bit rough today because I think I drank half a bottle of gin and I'm fucking burst. Lovely. Uh, but we watched Deathgasm because oh, yeah. they had never seen it. And I remember how fucking good Deathgasm is. And did they appreciate how good it was? Yeah, they did appreciate how good it was. Good. They loved it. They laughed along to Deathgasm. Old capitals. <laughs> Low case for pussies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Deathgasm. And that was it. I've been listening to a lot of music recently and I just can't be fucked sitting down and watching anything. I say I can't be fucked. I, I just don't have time. Yeah. I probably do have time. I'm just sitting staring at a space and reading the book for the book club. Which yeah. you've finished. You finished, finished before yeah. everyone. Do you know what I always thought, right? Because I was like, I was like, oh, I need to get proper books. I never want a Kindle because that's just shite. But see, when I downloaded the Kindle app and I managed to get the book on it on my phone, that's what, I think that's the main reason why I managed to power through it. It was great. It kept the page for me. I didn't need to bother anything like that. I just opened up, pushed through a chapter, put it away again. It's great. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that the Kindle is excellent. You can yep. carry like fucking 36,000 books in your pocket. Yeah, at one if, time. If you've got Amazon Prime, you just hundreds of books for free mm-hmm. as well. And at night, it's got a light, so you can read it without fear of falling asleep in a book bouncing off your head. Yeah, just and leaving the light on. Yeah. <laughs> get an actual Kindle. I'm get a Kindle. So I can't wait till all the people um, finish the book and we can have a discuss- spoiler-full discussion about it, and then ready to pick the next one because I've already got my option for the next book. Oh, have you? Yes. I know, I'm really enjoying it. I think I'm like 60% of the way through because I was trying to finish that Charles Manson CIA book I was reading, which, by the way, starts off excellently and becomes just a absolute shambles of, I don't know what fucking happened. <laughs> <laughs> so the book starts with, it's like, it's a cover-up. The Charles Manson thing was a cover-up, but then it's like, it might have been a cover-up, who knows. And like, <laughs> I can't believe I've just wasted weeks of my life reading this fucking thing. Do you know, if you're going to write a book like that, you just need to just commit to like, Claiming that it's a cover-up, eh? You don't, don't, yeah. don't shake the bed halfway through. In fact, I it's actually about halfway through. Quite on Kindle, you see your percentage. It yeah. is about the halfway through mark. You're like, just end it. You don't need to keep going on. Like we know you don't know what you're talking about now. So yeah. I'd actually rated it three on Goodreads. I'm going to need to go and give it a two. Thinking about it angles me. Anyway, I was reading that, but <clears throat> sorry, uh, I've finished it now, so I can concentrate fully on Race of the Broken Land. Which has been really good so far. Everyone seems to be enjoying it. Yeah, I really liked it. I liked it. The book, the book club idea was excellent. Well done, Liam. Good idea. <laughs> Great idea. Uh, so, if you want to chat about the book, get into the Facebook group and or the Flick Chat. Uh, it's the Flick Chat is kind of where it's all happening. 
Goodreads was horrible to work, so yeah. we've just sacked that. It's good for yourself, but for actual group pages, it's horrible. So uh, don't go on that. Just comment on other things, and let's chat about books and horror movies and brown baby beiges. <laughs> I'm expecting Darren to do some sort of Photoshop of me, you, and a brown baby beige scene. I honestly swear to God, see if you, if you, I, how can you not see the scene that I'm picturing when you say those words in that order? Because I don't want to see that Photoshop. Maybe you're thinking it was totally different than I am. <laughs> anyway, we'll see you guys in two weeks for episode 118, which is my pick, which I already picked. Have you watched it yet, Scott? No, I'm, no, I'm putting it off, man. Why? Because it's got to be fucking nonsense. It's not going to be nonsense. It's going to be a good one. It uh-huh. is a good one. It's an excellent movie, and. I am going to put my cards on the table now on the episode that the next episode you're going to give the movie four or above and you're really really seriously going to enjoy it you think so wow that's great yep. that's that's impressive uh, pre-empting do you know what I bet you a tenner ten yeah. pounds on it right now no that, because what if I do like it then you give me ten pounds <laughs> so I'm, that's why I'm not, I'm not taking how, that bet that's how betting works I know that's why I'm not taking a bet five pounds nah let's make it juicy <laughs> But the last fucking last movie I picked, you gave a zero, so you should be really enthusiastic. That, and also, you can control the score, so you could literally just say, no, "Give but, it a three, yeah, no, just I'm so you get a tenner." If I'm putting a bet on it, I'm not going to lie, am I? That's not Do fair. You know what? That that is honourable and very trustworthy, and I appreciate that. Yeah. So a tenner. <laughs> I'll think about it. Right. So we'll see you guys for episode 118 in two weeks. Bye. Au revoir. Is that how you say goodbye in French, Anna? Sur mon lit à bouffer sa langue en buvant Prends mon whisky quant à moi Peu dormi, vie débris Mais j'ai dû dormir dans la boutière Où j'ai eu un flash En quatre couleurs Allez hop, un matin Une louloute est venue chez moi Poupée de cellophane, cheveux chinois Un sparadra, une gueule de bois A bu ma bière dans un grand verre En caoutchouc Ooh, ooh.